Hello and welcome to episode 117 of Kaiju Curry House. I'm Connor and I'm joined today by Alex and Paul. And today we are covering a uh, a very special film that's very dear to my heart. Oh. <laughs> He's already shaking his head. Um, that is, of course, Godzilla versus Megalon. A controversial film and basically what many regard as one of the lowest points of the Showa Godzilla series. Or is it? We will find out. But first, Alex, what have Kaiju been up to? Well, thank you very much, Connor, for asking me. Um, I recently re-watched a couple of the sort of late 60s, early 70s Showa movies, kind of in preparation for my return to the podcast after kind of my break from it. And in close succession, I watched uh, Son of Godzilla, bless mm -hmm. it in all its glory. And I also watched Godzilla vs. Megalon, which we'll discuss uh, very soon. Um, but I've been saving this story for a while. And like, it's not very recently, but in terms of kind of not talking about it on this show, it's relevant and recent. So have you ever, Paul, watched a film with a very over child, uh, overtired child? Um, yes, they're normally quite tired. I don't know about overtired. All, all children are over, uh, <laughs> overtired. Um, the reason why I ask is because one evening, um, you know, my, my eldest, um, she's downstairs, other daughter, we're all together, cuddled up, and my son is happily asleep. And I was like, oh, tell you what, I'm going to put on a Godzilla film for you. Because the last time I said I'll put on a Godzilla film for you, I played the new Godzilla King of the Monsters. Okay. Which, mm -hmm. I'd forgotten there's an F-bomb in it. There's quite a lot of swearing. You know, Paddington's mum dies in it. Like, it just, it, it's, it's a bit of a mess. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And my other half, bless her, she's kind of looking at me going like, what the, were you thinking? Like, if this was your idea to introduce the family to Godzilla, you got it wrong. So I had a second chance and I thought, all right, what is the absolute epitome of safe for Godzilla? And I was like, ah, son of godzilla because it's so kind of hammy and i played it but the reason why i mentioned kind of overtired children was that what i did not foresee was that um one of my kids became very emotionally invested in min um minya was saying it right Little yeah, godzilla. Minya, yeah. Uh, minya. Troll, troll for short but uh... yeah, yeah troll for short yeah <laughs> and um she got very very emotionally invested in him and every time minya became distressed she became distressed. Oh, no. And, like, she was crying at one point when the Kamakuras jump on it and start slashing at it. She was screaming, go, no, get up, get up, save yourself. She was, like, absolutely distraught. And my other half's kind of cuddling her, looking at me again, going, what have Why? you done? <laughs> Why do you keep playing these awful films for us? But fortunately, this time round, it was just funny. And it was unclear whether kind of our child was playing up to it or not. But I mean, they, they were they were very tired. But by the end of it, this kind of this journey that we went on with kind of, are they going to be OK? Are they going to cope with the fact that, you know, Minya nearly dies and it's kind of ambiguous that Daddy Godzilla freezes with Baby Godzilla at the end? But no. We, we got there, but yeah, that was the big thing that I've done. So thank you for kind of coming on that journey with me. That's just a sad ending, uh, isn't it? 
Yeah, slightly sad, yeah. Because I was like, oh, you'll love this film. And all the kids loved it. But they were kind of like, oh. Oh. So just, yeah, they're, they're just going to sleep at the end. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> so, just so, to, there you just, go. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Um, no, 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 it's fine. Connor, what are your thoughts on that before kind of... Um, just, don't, just don't show them Godzilla's Revenge then, because that has more minion abuse in it, so... Yeah. Is that the one where, like, there's a parallel story of Minya standing up to a bully in Gabara, yes. whilst mm -hmm. the little Asian boy stands up to the school bullies? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, yeah. I thought the that's the film you were going to say you showed them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the reason why I did not play that was because on the Criterion Collection, there's no English dub. Oh, right. So it's oh. the All Monsters Attack. Um, all right. So I've been governed by what as a dub? Yeah, um, that see, it's reasons like that that um, as a Godzilla fan myself, um, who's been collecting VHSs, DVDs, and Blu-rays for a long time, um, it's uh, it's very important to keep a hold of like these old DVDs or mm. videos, especially if they have the English dubs on it. You know, because um, uh, if you think about it, you know, like, stuff like let's say the original Destroyer Monsters dub or the Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, that dub, yeah. that's practically lost to time now. Yeah. The same could be said about Gigantus the Fire Monster. You know, it's yeah. not on the Criterion set, but if you mm -hmm. track down that old classic media DVD, you know, you'll find it. You know? Definitely. I mean, thinking about that, um, you know, different genre but same problem, when we had Tiffany Grant on from Evangelion, I remember that we had them on as a guest around the time when Netflix got the rights to Evangelion for a rerun, exact oh, same no. show, no changes. And it was around the time of kind of the rebuild of Evangelion was happening, but they just kind of went, you know what, let's just get the rights to Evangelion for a bit and run it. But they redubbed it. I don't know why. They, they just decided, you know what, all of the original actors and actresses that everyone loves, we're not going to re-employ them. We're going to get a load of random new actors, annoy everyone. And suddenly my box set DVD, not Blu-ray, box set of Evangelion went from being £70 that I paid for it to £700 because everyone kind of had this fan knee-jerk reaction of no we want the originals and of course no one kept their originals because people have been chucking things out in favor of digital yeah and then the problem came up of well what happens when the newest digital version is trash yeah exactly um the the distributors would take note with uh with like uh what arrow had done with the uh the camera set um yeah where they included the uh the ADV dubs as well as the UK dub mm. for Gamera Girl and Universe. So, oh, so they've yeah. got both dubs on there. Yeah, all the, the Gamera um, like serial box set, like the big one, um, and just the ordinary small size that doesn't have all the comics in. It's got every version of the dub. I mean, Arrow, you know, Arrow are good. The park. Yeah, they, they yeah. are. I mean, I mean, they respect it, don't they? Mm hmm. Most definitely, yeah. Um, Connor, what have Kaiju been up to? Oh, right. So um, recently I've been trying to catch up on my Ultramans as of late. Um, like um, I've had several DVD boxes just sitting on my shelf that I haven't watched. So 
Um, I've watched the entirety of the Showa series. I have now moved on to the Heisei series, starting with Ultraman Tiga. Um, here, um, unfortunately, unlike say like the Showa series, um, Mill Creek was not uh, Mill Creek, the distributor of these uh, box sets, wasn't able to get Blu-ray copies. So, unfortunately, we have to stick with standard definition. Which, to be fair, Ultraman Tiga uh, was filmed on video. So, regardless if it was on Blu-ray or not, it was going to look terrible. So, um, well, it's, it's not a bad thing, is it? Sometimes for no, to I not mean, be in HD, we, we yeah. can make do with how it used to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like um, as much as I do like, um, say. Uh, Say restored version of the films, you know, and all that, you know, because I'm very into uh, collecting 4K um, films. Um, I think that uh, something is lost, like the magic, <laughs> if you could call it the magic of like mm. watching these things. You know, it's like because um, uh, I had a thought the other day, and it was uh, I remember my VHS as, as a kid of like various Godzilla films, and. Uh, as an adult, it's a different experience just popping in a, a DVD or a Blu-ray of a, a Godzilla film compared to, I don't know, just watching it on a VHS. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but um, yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, Ultraman Tiga is a pretty good series so far from what I've watched. I've only watched three episodes so far. Mm -hmm. um, bearing in mind that this was a... Uh, this was made after, I think, a 15-year hiatus since the last live-action Ultraman series as well. So at this point, um, Ultraman was practically a dead franchise, you know, and this series apparently brought it back. So, um, yeah. So I've been watching that, and uh, I also got some mail. I got some mail, folks. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. So uh, PS Publishing, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode, um, they recently released a nice hardcover volume of uh, Edgar Wallace's original script for King Kong, right? Featuring this uh, Bob Eggleton artwork that has completely just disappeared because of the, 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 the screen. Can't see anything. It's so good that you vanished. Yeah, it's so good you have to buy it yourself to <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> um but yes um so this is an intro so i've read this i've read the whole thing right right um it's just got a bunch of features on edgar wallace and the the making of king kong and all that but um basically i think um i think uh the uh the people that produce this book have got a grudge against mary and c cooper a bit because <laughs> um uh, the uh, the first uh, quote, because you know that these books sometimes have quotes at the start, right? Uh, the first quote um, says this. The present script of Kong, as far as I can remember, hasn't a single idea suggested by Edgar Wallace. Marion C. Cooper, 1932. Wow. <laughs> when in actual fact, almost most of the Skull Island scenes is in this uh, original script although it's it's different you know it's a it's a very different um story it's like an almost like a what if pretty much mm. so um carl denham for instance only appears in like the second act for the most part you know um it actually focuses on a bunch of convicts that have been sh shipwrecked onto skull island right but apart from that you know it's practically the same story. It has the same climax of Kong getting shot down on the Empire State Building. Um, 
fair warning though um to those who want to purchase it um this was a script written in the 1930s right and unfortunately there's some words in it the characters use that weren't appropriate then and were not appropriate today i'll just say that mm. um which is it's unfortunate but it is a part of history and you know it's it's really just is it the it, same milk as um godzilla versus king kong this the 60s one where you've got um japanese actors in blackface giving local children cigarettes that kind of <laughs> Uh, no, that, that was a high point for Toho. That was great. Yeah, that was great. No, it's uh, it's certain words. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll just, yeah. We'll just uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, as well as a few other stereotypes in there. Mm. That is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know that the original King Kong has that scene with the the natives in it. Um, mm. but I think what's described in here is slightly worse. I'll just say mm. that. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so again, you know, it's a piece of history. It happens. This is like a 90-year-old script at this point. You know, he's like... 90 years, wow. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, you know, it is what it is. It's really... It's mostly just something for, like, the diehard con collector. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's practically all I've done recently, just the con book and the... uh, Ultraman Tiga. Uh, Paul, you're next. What have Kaiju been up to? I am next. Thank you, Connor. Uh, so, what have well I done, been Paul, you're next. <laughs> Congratulations. <Yes>. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what have I been up to? Well, have either of you heard of a film called The Terror Within? Terror of... Rings a bell. Such um, a generic name, isn't it? It is, it is a bit generic, isn't it? It's an, it's an uh, 80s... 80s monster movie and it's very much a case of they saw alien and thought right let's do that ourselves but i not feel well. like <laughs> yeah. that's so it's set on earth um something's happened i don't know if there's been a war or pollution or, or what but basically it seems that top side is uninhabitable um, and we're following a group of scientists who live in underground who occasionally go out just to see what's going on. And they come across a cave of people. We're like, oh, people are surviving on the surface. That's that's good. Um, unfortunately, most of them are dead. Uh, but they do find one woman alive. Um, and there are these creatures called gargoyles, which are on on the surface. And they're, they're killing any living thing up there. Um, so they managed to bring the woman in. Right, you know, she goes in and do it turns they, out she's uh, pregnant. Do they parch on rooftops and spell water for the gargoyles? Or <laughs> to instance, it's just this it's set in a desert, so you don't really, there's nothing for them to perch on. Oh. And even then you just kind of see their shadow. So there's not you're not seeing much. But anyway, the, the woman brought in, she's pregnant. Oh great, we're gonna have a baby. Um but then suddenly it's like, wow, she was like a week pregnant when we caught her. Mm. the quarter saved her and now you know the next week she's six months pregnant what's going on that's not right and so it's obviously a blessing obviously it's a blessing yes this baby just really wants to to grow quickly Mm. and then the baby kind of bursts out of her belly and runs into an air vent which is all very 
similar? See, I was expecting you to say that it was going to be like a really happy, safe delivery. Oh, you come with a curve, like a real curve. Yeah. That, that Sorry. Yeah. The, the terror within. Mm, mm. Um, I, I guess the name could be confusing, but no, there's actually this this terror within the person that oh, escapes. Oh. Yeah. Like, like, like and, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the name. And then it's just like a, a cat and mouse yeah. thing. But the thing is, they show the monster pretty quickly. <sighs> and much like, like when you see the alien in Alien, it's for a split second. Just like a you know, ran, that's it. He's like, okay, that's good. That's what we want to see. This is seen very quickly and outstays its welcome very quickly because clearly they don't have a budget to make a realistic looking monster. Oh dear. And so unfortunately yeah. it it had it had promise. It could have been, you know, uh, a decent alien type film, but unfortunately the effects do let it down. It's it's just we don't need to see that much. But it was like, I haven't seen it before. I hadn't heard of it. I just saw it, like, scrolling through films. I thought, like, oh, I'll give that but a whirl. On your kaiju alphabet rating, what would you have given it? Oh, what are the letters again? We have K for killer. It was killer or amazing or it's all... I say... I want to say, like, it's it's all right, maybe? Just was, I, I feel like amazing. it's somewhere between it's all right and just bad. Mm. But it, it wasn't it wasn't so bad it was unwatchable. It's just no. there's so much, so many better iterations of that type of film out there that I couldn't recommend it. I mean, I know this is a conversation for another time, but I feel like the mid to late 80s were kind of saturated with movies that kind of saw, you know, the thing, yes. Alien, and it kind of went, I've got an idea. Let's do what they did with a quarter of the budget and I promise you it'll work. You know, like, yeah, rather than having a, a necromorph in for a split second, okay, well, what was the part that scared everyone in Alien? Oh, well, it was the chest burst. Okay, we'll have that. It's yeah. just like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of like humanoids from the deep and all that kind of stuff. It's just oh, very, yeah. like, dare I say, very kind of exploitation, very much focused on the, oh, well, how does it, um, how does the alien, um, you know, evolve and uh, spread? Oh, well, of course it rapes the women. Of course it does. It's, it's but, like, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, thinking about it. Yeah. So we have got alien, the terror of in. Yeah, there's probably a whole bunch of them, isn't there? Oh, there's tons of them. Yeah. yeah. Does it have the, uh, the, the dummy and that's like the, <laughs> <laughs> the ventriloquist dummy in that song. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, so it's yeah. I mean, if you were if you were looking for something to watch, you hadn't seen it. It's not all bad. It just yeah. isn't all great either. Um, other than that, I started to watch Evangelion. Funnily enough, with Tiffany Grant as the dub. Have you seen it so, before? I have seen it before, but I'm watching the not the Netflix releases, but the the one where they've like condensed them, so it was oh, Evangelion one point one one. Yeah, yeah, the, the rebuild. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. The rebuild. Yeah. So I've watched one point one one and two point two two. I know it's pretentious. Yeah. And then it's what three point oh one, something oh, like that. Yeah. I'll and just... then it's followed up by one point oh plus three point. I'm like, but, like I'll just, yeah, I'll just no, say no, that um, those rebuild films. It's not the original Evangelion uh, story from the, sh the show. It is like a, almost like a a reboot, pretty much. So. Well, that's it, because I'm watching it. I'm thinking I recognise parts of it, but mm -hmm. it feels like 
other bits I don't remember and bits I do remember aren't there. Yeah, yeah uh, like uh, so, like the first film is practically just like I can get condensed version of like of uh, episodes one to five. Yeah, and then the second one, um, they change it halfway through. That's so right. That, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's. So have you both seen exactly. all of them? So I've seen Rebuild One, and I think I've seen snippets of two, but I feel like, and I know it's such a cop-out excuse, but I feel like Rebuild 2 and 3 kind of came out when my son Angus was born. I was just so kind of busy with parenting. They just kind of slipped yeah. me by. And I almost kind of did that silly hipster thing of, oh, well, I've missed it now. No one's talking about it. Now it's too late to watch it, which is nonsense. Um, but like I... but you know, Evangelion, the original, I kind of followed very closely and I've watched it many times and I really enjoyed Rebuild 1. Um, and I kind of, yeah, I remember vividly that you kind of got the first five angels uh, and it kind of concludes with Ramil, the uh, the angel of lightning, which is kind of like, it looks a bit like, almost like a prism. Oh yeah, I remember it's the blue one, yeah. prism. The blue prism, yeah. Yeah. That's the one they're taking out with the sniper, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and um, Ray in AV Unit Zero, yeah, gets yes. uh, toasted. What did you think of it? Well, so far, I'm enjoying it. I think yeah. it's 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 good. It's like I mean, they've they've condensed it into a finish, essentially like a, a a bunch of films. So rather than yeah. watching these individual episodes, I'm now just watching a few feature films as a well, not a trilogy, but a, a quadrilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've only seen. One, two, and three. Um, I started watching the fourth one, and then I fell asleep. So <laughs> I think I think they're an acquired taste. Yeah, and I think kind of I but, I, I like the Evangelion um, genre of films and TV episodes because, like, you know, you go in there and it kind of sets the premise as being a fairly generic mecha anime with some kind of random Old Testament Jewish mythology kind of thrown in there and like lots of kind of heavy anti kind of uh, faith stuff thrown in. And then halfway through, it's very clear that Hideaki Anno had a nervous breakdown and was like, screw it, I'm going to make this a psychological horror, which I, it worked for me, but I can see why a lot of people kind of go, "What? What the heck is this? Like, what is it?" And I feel like the rebuild uh, films—they've almost doubled down on that fervor and kind of gone. You know how people are really pretentious about Evangelion? We're going to be even more. We're going to out pretense them. So, like having, you know, what's the first film called? One point one. Uh, one point one one. What's the second film called? Two point two two. It's like, <laughs> okay, all right, fine. But yeah, so I'm going to watch, yes, yeah, so I'll watch one and two. I'm going to watch three and four. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have watched all the original episodes and then the Death and Rebirth films. Yeah. Which I'm assuming are all somewhere in there. Yeah. But then padded out with other bits. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They're all there. Yeah. 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 That's good. And then one final thing, because yeah, I've, I've actually been up to a bit. Um, I've also read a book. Which Joe is not here to hear. You read a um, book? So there's a a trilogy of books, um, the Venus Trilogy, which Ooh. may or may not ring any bells, by Otis Adel... What's it? O Otis Adelbert Klein. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it was in 1924. Apparently he had a bit of a um, competition, I think it was, with Burroughs. 
Like those two were like he was. I don't know if he, he was ripping off his work or quite what it was. And they're trying to help yeah. write each other. Um, Edgar Rice Burroughs did write a uh, uh, a series set on Venus called uh, Carson the Venus. Uh, right. as well. Yeah. yeah, but I think that came later on. I think. I, I okay. Think, I think at the time he was just doing the John Carter stories. So mm. yeah. Right. Okay. So he was doing something on Mars, wasn't it? It was John Carter of Mars, and mm-hmm. this guy was like, "That's a good idea, but I'm going to do it on Venus." Or something yeah. similar. Um, I mean, it's it's pulp. It's great fun. Nothing um, wrong with pulp. Nothing. It's, it's. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of like he's. So he's he's an Earth man, who's like at the theatre, and he goes out to the to the bar, and the barman says like, "Oh, what are you doing tonight?" Or, or something. And he shows him a picture of the guy in the newspaper. He's like, and it says that you're going to be here, and you're not sure what you're doing. And he's like, "Oh, that's weird." And it says, you know, if you're this chap, go to the foyer and something will happen. Sure enough, mm-hmm. he goes to the foyer. He gets kidnapped by the scientist. Um, and he's he's able to transport this guy into someone else's body Ooh. on Venus because they look similar. As you do. As you do. So he looks like someone who's on Venus and he can travel his consciousness through time and space. And so he's now traveling, I think, into the past when there was a civilization on Venus. And he basically swaps bodies, um, you know, escapes prison, rescues a princess, rises up an, an army. And it's just, you know, it, it's ridiculous, but it's such good fun. I've really enjoyed it. It's, a, it's part of a trilogy, so I'm going to read the others. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a long book. It's, yeah, it's my type of thing, really. I like yeah, this. A bit, a bit of an escapism. Yeah. yeah. That's well, that, that's what pop books are. Then today they are escapism, quick fun entertainment. Oh, that's what I need. Yeah, you know, I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, why don't we return in a moment for part two, and let's yeah. uh, jump into Megalon. Yeah, that's. Not- Hello and welcome back to episode 117 of Kaiju Curry House. My name is Alex and I'm joined by Connor and Paul. And we're going to get round to discussing Godzilla versus Megalon from 1973, which celebrated its 50th birthday just about a week ago, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. It's 50 years old, gentlemen. Yep. Um, Paul, have you ever heard of the film Citizen Kane? Yes. Okay, because that's why <laughs> I tried to say it with a serious face. It's, it's widely regarded as the world's greatest ever film. Yes, but then they have not everyone has seen Godzilla vs. Megalon, have they? Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you, honestly, like, you know, just no holds barred, what do you think, uh, Connor and Paul, of Godzilla vs. Megalon? Because we all know what I think of it. So, yeah, I think I think, I'm trying to think. Your words were it was like a, a life changing film or something was was a quote from you and did in, I in say episode. that? So yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you said been, something along those lines. We've been recording for four years now, and I feel like the first episode I said it was a life changing film, and I still stand by that. Yeah, yeah, but what do you think of it, Paul? Okay, let me tell you, I watched this film recently in preparation of the episode, and there's a the bit at the start with a boy on that weird little dolphin thing in the lake and I said yep yeah I remember this the rest of the film I could not remember so Mm. I was watching it it seemed for the first time my memory is bad I'll you know I'll admit that but I don't remember 
what was going on here. So correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a lost civilization of sorts who yes. who, who who were on the surface and then sunk under like Atlantis. Seatopia, get it right. Because they're living in Seatopia, which is a fantastic name. Um, yeah. Were they called that when they were above the sea, or was that only when they were under the sea? Uh, don't think about it. <laughs> okay, I won't think about that. And then we've been testing these nuclear weapons and destroy, and we've destroyed a third of their continent. So, so okay. mankind here is destroying this civilization. So we're the bad guys, right? Oh, uh, completely. It's always us. Yeah. Saying. Okay. Yeah. So mankind is bad. We're destroying the civilization, who's laid back and just you know taken all this abuse from us and oh. they finally decide they're going to let their god their bit i don't know they're going to let megalon go yes. up and teach mankind a lesson say hey you're going to destroy us we're going to destroy you first huh. that's that's great that's a fantastic idea um mm -hmm. obviously they need jet jaguar to guide megalon so that's fantastic that the scientists up there were building this at the time that they wanted to attack. Yeah, that was that was great. And then when they are in, when they get stuck, they then call upon Gigan to help. Yes. So yeah. the so the 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 Earthlings of old knew the space race mm -hmm. that summoned Gigan. Okay, so I mean that sounds odd. Because mankind doesn't know about Gigan, but are you do from before? I'm going to stop you there, Paul, because it sounds like you're implying that the plot's far fetched. I'm well, yeah, just 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 a smidge, because I say I don't remember any of that, and I was watching. I was thinking, what are they talking about? Can we just appreciate for one moment how nice the cockroach islands are that they actually. Basically, let the sea tokens borrow Gigan for this uh, this film. You know, the... oh yeah, then, yeah, I, very I mean, nice. Like, yeah, they're very. I mean, we're nice. fast forwarding a bit into the plot, but the fact that like <laughs> halfway through, Seatopia's god, which they think will save them, is not strong enough to actually fight off the Earthlings. So they basically call in someone else to help out. They call in Gigan, except the suit looks a bit different. Yep, that's right. They made a brand new suit for this film. But uh, they needed reason. a brand new suit for Gigan, even though Gigan's not in it for that much. And not to mention Godzilla vs. Gigan was only made the previous year. So the, to... Yeah, like, you know, fact check me on this. I don't know if it's a different suit, but it certainly looks like a different suit. So, like, why would Toho, who were in a bit of financial kind of wibble at the time why would they go to the cost of making a new suit but it certainly looks different unless like it's just had a new paint job but i've never understood why gigan's in it other than let's just throw in an extra monster i mean was he really pop did guy godzilla versus gigan do so well that they thought let's bring them back G godzilla versus gigan did not do well it did not did not oh. do well no. Okay, because I looked up Godzilla versus Megalon, and it said that that was made for a budget of one point two million, mm -hmm. and it made twenty million. Yeah, it was actually no, okay. I, I I'm I'm starting to doubt myself, and uh, you know what? Right? Can can we while we're chatting? Can we find what was the budget of Godzilla versus Gigan? Yeah, so Godzilla versus Gigan. That's um, something that I will I can Google or you can Google. But um, while while one of us is doing that. You, you notice I didn't really mention Jet Jaguar much. 
because he is just the most pointless character in the Godzilla oh, universe. You. How dare you, Paul? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm I'm talking trash. Um, Godzilla versus Gigan had a budget of 1.2 million. They made 20 million. Well, there you go. So they both were really hey, good a, performers. They they both were commercially successful. Um. So yeah, maybe the suit was just damaged and they had to repair it, and that's why it looks different. My only other theory with the Gigan thing is uh, they were doing a TV show at the same time called Zoned Fire, which mm. used the which used Ghidra and Gigan in that show, and I think that maybe they destroyed the Gigan suit in that show. That's my only guess. But yeah, um, I mean, if you watch Godzilla vs. Gigan carefully, there's several points when. Godzilla's fighting away, and that's the 1968 suit, I believe. And it's so battered that there is rubber tearing and flying off, which looks cool, but like it's not in a good state. When people say, "Oh, wouldn't it be great for collectors to get a piece of the of the suit?" There's nothing left of them. No, they're, they're torn to shreds because you basically got these fully grown men climbing into suits and just jumping around like idiots. Of course, they tore up. Yeah, I think they, they, the, they treat the suits worse than my daughter treats her trainers. The know. only surviving show of suits, as far as a, as the public's aware, is Mechagodzilla. But I think that's because it was probably made of a different material. Oh, well, uh, it wasn't. They... It wasn't a metal suit. It was. A, oh, it was still made of don't, rubber. Don't, don't crush me. Of course, it's metal. <laughs> it probably had a coating that kept it. You know. Yeah. The, 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 but it survived a bit longer. Yeah, and I believe. Yeah, I think the other one was. I think mm. the suit that you mentioned, the Godzilla suit. I think it's just a head that's left. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, where were we? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, so um, like in a, so, in a nutshell, um, as you correctly said, um, Paul, you know, at the very beginning, you've got the young lad, and he's kind of out on the world's most bizarre inflatable dinghy boat. Yeah, boat. It's yeah. a fish with two fish either side of it. That no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what generation you belong to, everyone has the exact same gener- uh, exact same reaction to. May over half, Christy had the reaction to it. My kids have the reaction to it. I have the reaction to it. You watch it and you go, what on earth is that kid sat in? What is it? Because there is no boat that exists that looks like that. It's just really random. It was made for that film. And no one watching it goes, oh yeah, I've seen that before. It's just really peculiar. And he starts to get into some trouble and the water starts sinking very fast and he kind of enters some kind of maelstrom and sort of like starts sinking down fast. And what do those two dads do? Oh yeah, fire the rocket to rescue him. We say two dads, but we don't actually know the relation to the kids. You know, it's just... That was what Christy said to me. She was like, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but like, where's the mum in this? What relation are these two gentlemen to this kid? And why do they just let him go on his bike onto a road after their house has just been burgled? I I don't know. Maybe it's like a Doc Brown situation where the kid just shows up. You know, I don't know. But uh, (laughs) 
but yeah, um, they they fire the rocket. They rescue this little kid, uh, their kid, and you know, um, they they bring him back. Then they're in the car, and it's clear that you know we're going to destroy the world one day because of nuclear testing. And then they go to their house, and it's been it's been ransacked. But it's okay because Jet Jaguar's all right. Thank Jet God. Jaguar, which they've been building, mm-hmm. uh, Jet Jaguar, which was a school-age competition for who can design a new suit for a Godzilla movie. Have I got that right, Connor? Uh, You're partially correct. So um, it was to design like a new superhero, pretty much, uh, because Godzilla vs. Megalon was never originally going to have Godzilla in it, right? It was was supposed to cash in on like the likes of Ultraman and all that. Um, The actual original design of Jet Jaguar had like a bird's head on it, like a bird's head with wings. Sounds terrifying. But yeah, um, what they did was they just, they took that and, and they cut off the head and just, oh, he's got a robot head now, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. Technically, a kid did design Jet Jaguar. And, and like, I'm and not, shows. I'm not criticizing. It does show. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, like, I mean, look, look at it. it. It's yeah. The, the, there's no denying that the design for Jet Jaguar is very basic. But then, how many people, even if they don't rate Godzilla versus Megalon, love Jet Jaguar? He has a pretty strong following. Does he? Oh, yeah. All really? So I, I had no idea. I mean, because because obviously this is the, this is the time when Godzilla was gearing towards the younger audience. You know, mm-hmm. it is going for that city stage, and it made sense to have a kid's toy. You know, an action figure mm-hmm. come to life. That it's it's perfect for what it was going for. But I didn't realize there was much love for him. I I I hated the character. Absolutely loathe him. I mean, maybe I need to take off my kind of massively biased goggles for a moment because I will defend this film to the day I die. But Connor, like, what's your impression, Jet Jaguar, from the kind of the fan community? I love Jet Jaguar. I'm sorry, but right. um, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for just like big dumb uh, Japanese mechs, you know, like from like the show era, you know, like uh, like I was talking last episode about Johnny Sokko and all that, and the robot in that one is literally is literally got like a, a sphinx a sphinx head or something like that, like uh, mm-hmm. an Egyptian sphinx. Um, but um, you know, it's Jet Jaguar has never bothered me, you know, like um, I, I I don't know, it's just. Uh, I, I just see it as just another Tokusatsu robot, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's just with brightly colors and a big stupid grin. That's. <laughs> I mean, I a couple of years ago shelled out and bought the X Plus uh, thirty centimeter scale uh, Megalon, which I've got sat in with me now. Nice. He, uh, one second. Here, here he is. Like a. Yeah. There. There he is. Amazing. Nice. <laughs> and purely so that I could scale him up with this bad lad. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Now, I have to say, kind of, on buying Megalon, I, I do think that Megalon is a pretty pretty pap villain. Like, I, I'll just call it for what it is. I mean, you see it in the film, you can see it in the model, you know, it's a cockroach. Yeah, he's also probably the first um, total kaiju that's an idiot, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or just 
the way the Megalon acts in the film is just like he's completely useless without Jet Jaguar for some reason. Yeah. But um, you know, I mean, is... and, I mean, if Seatopia's god is Megalon, then then they were doomed from the start, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I feel like Godzilla vs. Megalon as a film is the gift that keeps giving because there's just so many things you keep noticing. Like when I rewatched it. I was just struck by how randomly violent the film is. Mm-hmm. It was something that Christy pointed out to me because we're, we're watching it and she was saying, hang on a second, this, this, this is targeted at kids. It's demographic as kids. And yet you've got, you know, there's one scene when the, the burglars come back into the house again and one of the main characters flies an aeroplane to the guy's face. And it's yeah. like... And it's quite a harsh scene because the aeroplane goes straight into his face and cuts him. And you've got, you know, a lot of references to saying damn and hell, but like quite aggressively. And, you you know, you've got a lot of peril with this little lad being nabbed off the road while he's on his bicycle. And it's not clear if he's going to be okay. And he is fine, but, like, you know, he gets roughed up a bit and he gets kidnapped and shoved into the back of a van. And... There's one point when Megalon kicks a rock, which just happens to fall on one of the bad guys and crushes him. And like it's it's a surprisingly violent film, and there is blood in it. Yeah, and, it, and it's supposed to be a kids' film as well. Uh, not to mention, you mentioned the van, right? Um, I don't know. Oh, if- yes, <laughs> um, because in the back, uh, do you remember this point? Well, I remember uh, the kid and one of the dads being in the back of a van. And I was about to ask because the bad guy wants them dropped off somewhere in the in the river, or he he wants to kill. He won't just kill he them. Does, he wants but, them. He wants the bodies dumped oh, in no, a he, giant he, container. No, no, tell of a lie. You know, he wants the kid and the the dad chucked away and killed. No, but what Connor's referring to is the fact that the drivers of this van have two topless uh, models as posters. Oh behind the steering so they're driving along and you've got these posters behind them and it's like again like would you expect to see that in in like a van yes in a truck yes because we live in a sexist society but like that's not a kid's film like like no they, they are topless women so it's 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 very odd it's i mean to put it bluntly it's very 70s I think a lot of the VHS releases for Megalon also cuts that bit out or like Does slightly it? pans it over so you don't see the no. um the goods as they say. <laughs> um but uh yeah. Oh man. This this is is all over the place, this film. You know, it is like, it is yeah, all over the tones. But and uh, um yeah. I think kind of um, just I'm watching the time. Why don't we return back for part three in a moment? And Paul, it would be great if you could help the two of us unpick why this has such kind of a controversial reputation. But why, you know, Connor, do we possibly love it so much? Why do we fiercely defend it? Hello and welcome back to episode 117 of Kaiju Curry House, where we're talking about Godzilla versus Megalon, a seemingly love it or hate it film in the Godzilla franchise that I 
think um, perhaps I'm the obviously I'm the downer of because I'm not a fan of one of the heroes um, or villains, depending on which view you take. Because I said, because when I first saw that, when when I rewatched this, I suddenly realised that actually mankind is evil. We're mm-hmm. destroying another civilization that came before us. That's that's not very nice. So Jet Jaguar is is it's like it's like you know just a a bad he's been invented by bad people why why do you like him why why do you like this villain so much and why do you not like megalon because i actually really like megalon and it's not that i don't like megalon i mean i adore this film and everything about it but i acknowledge the fact that he is a weak villain i was always aware of the fact that you know growing up watching these films Mecha Godzilla was a menacing villain. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. In Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, and when you see kind of that stock footage in Terror of Mecha Godzilla, particularly, you're very aware as the viewer that Godzilla gets his ass handed to him, and Mecha Godzilla, you know, shreds him to pieces, and he's quite frightening. And you look at the destruction that uh, King Ghidorah does, like the fact that it fires lightning for crying out loud. And it's no surprise that any kind of rehash, revamp American take on Godzilla, they're not going to turn around and go, right, okay, right, lads, you know, uh, legendary pictures. We've got a new Godzilla movie coming out. What are we going to pick? Megalon. Cockroaches. It's not going to happen. Uh, I wouldn't jinx it, considering how popular uh, it was during the VHS days. You know, maybe. (laughs) I would like to see that. I would like to see Legendary or just Toho reinvented, like how you know, um, Gigan for Final Wars went slim and very stylized. Yeah, I I would like to see Megalon because I see Megalon actually as more of a beetle than a, a cockroach. I don't know if that what what it actually is, but I think it's like a mixture of bugs. Out, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I can get it. And like, <laughs> what what creature is it? What you know, viewers? What is this? What is Megalon? But if Megalon could fly, if it's yeah, has it because it does Megalon. Megalon doesn't fly, but they look like wings, like no, a, like a beetle. Flies. Megalon it just flies. Yeah, it's got wings. Oh, yeah. Megalon flies. Okay, yeah, so, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, and and Gigan's got a, a awesome chainsaw chest that we saw you know cut Anguirus's face yeah very yeah Megalon's got these awesome drill type things that again perhaps if it wasn't a child's film you know if it was more a, a different timeline of Godzilla we would see that impale mm. Godzilla or or someone to more effect I mean yeah. if it, maybe if the kid is like afraid of going to like being cute and seeing a set of drills maybe then <laughs> but um... <laughs> Uh, I think there's a lot of potential for Megalon um, to become really badass, but we yeah. didn't get to see it in this film. Um, no, and Jit no. Jaguar just seems out of place in this film. Yeah. Um, that said, I think the most damage that Megalon really does in the film is he destroys a dam. That's it. I think... He destroys a dam and he kicks a rock, which he... conveniently lands on one of the villains. Yeah. That's pretty threatening. Yeah. But Joe, you know, I loved him in Godzilla Destroy Monsters Melee. Yes. Brilliant character. Hey, and like, what a cracking game. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I think um, it was to make up the fact that uh, Megalon is like a weak sauce in his own film. So they just made Megalon just ridiculously difficult when you play single player modes to fight. Yeah. So... <laughs> well, I think what I will say just to, the, about Jet Jaguar, well, I didn't like him in this. Singular point completely sold me on him. Mm-hmm. Really liked him in that, where he was more of a more of a mech, where he looked like a robot and he was being upgraded. Whereas this was clearly, it looked like a superhero, like a failed superhero. Can I, can I, can I drop a grenade in the corner? Go for it. Okay. And like, Joe's not here, so it's a bit cowardly of me. But like, I wanted to say this and then life got in the way and I wasn't able to record of you for a bit. Okay. We're in a safe space. Okay. <laughs> Drink. I did not like Godzilla Singular Point. Okay. I said it. That's fair enough. Uh, it's okay. It was um, so sciencey. That... Um, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, well, it tried to be really clever with all this complicated I, stuff. Is like we don't need any of that. I'm Godzilla sorry, fans, just I, give us some monster action. I really tried with Godzilla Singular Point, and no one can say to me, "Oh, it's because you don't like anime." <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite a weeb, but I like anime. I do like my anime, and yeah. I, I just could not hack Godzilla Singular Point. I, um, and I found it frustrating because I love Jet Jaguar. And I liked Jet Jaguar in that because I was like, yeah, it's more Jet Jaguar, but I just couldn't hack Godzilla Singular Point. That's yeah. sad. I know. But never mind. You know, they shafted uh, Megalon a bit in that show as well. Because um, it's obvious that it's Megalon, but it's like, no, it's Kumonga. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Well. Um. I'm feeling bad for Megalon now. <laughs> Do you know, there's something that no one has mentioned in this conversation, which surprised me. And it's the legacy that this film has through so many kind of memeable qualities to it. Like the fact that there's the, the kangaroo kick. Yeah, from Godzilla. Yes. of course, yeah. The, the, fact, the fact that, you know, Godzilla breaks the laws of physics and rides along on his tail i don't know how but it's so iconic even if you don't rate it it's got that moment and the fact that you know of the films that mystery science theater picked they went for godzilla versus megalon good choice yeah and i mean like it's not surprising it's one of the hammiest films of the toho collection but that was i think like a really powerful thing for creating a legacy for this film because so many people saw Godzilla vs. Megalon through Mystery Science Theater as kind of a this is a crappy film. This is a like this isn't just a crappy film. This is a crappy film on par with early Gamera. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Mystery Science Theater did all of the early Showa Gamera movies. <laughs> right. All of them. All of them. Yeah. They only did one Godzilla movie, and it was Megalon. Yeah. Did they not do uh, Ebra Horror of the Deep as well? I can't remember if they did. Oh, yes. No, 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 you might not. So two then. Yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah, which um, also has a lot of rock throwing. And that's, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> it does, yeah. The, the, like, the, yeah, the the, the, the there's a lot of rock eat. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, honestly, I think... Um, 
I think this film in general uh, probably solidified basically for the longest time, basically the Western views of what a Godzilla film is as well. Yeah. Just like a a hokey, hokey kids film pretty much. You know, just like really bad rubber monsters. Really. Yeah, I mean, it, this, this is where it's slightly different, I think, for, you know, viewers in Japan because and even possibly viewers like Joe because the Godzilla movies that we had access to were very much restricted to what distribution rights there were and when I think of the Godzilla movies that I saw there were three it was Godzilla versus Megalon Godzilla versus Gigan and the Godzilla versus Gigan one that I watched the way I remember it was dubbed and it had that really wacky moment that I'll never forget where Angerus and Godzilla talk. Yes. Yeah. And they, they talk in English <laughs> to each other. And you got the Godzilla, Angerus, what are you doing? And it's like, what is going on? And even as a kid, I was like, uh-huh. It's okay. slightly not as bad in the Japanese dub because they use speech, speech bubbles. bubbles. Yeah. yeah. But they still do that weird reverse sound effect at some at some it's, point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there were those two movies, and then I also saw Terror of Mechagodzilla, which, as a kid, I found a bit too scary because it is quite a freaky film. It is strange if you think about it that uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla was only two years apart, but yet the tone is like night and day between Megalon yeah. and, and Terror of Mechagodzilla. It's crazy. Oh, um, I mean. I would play most Showa Godzilla movies for my kids, but I would not play Terror of Mecha Godzilla because it's quite frightening. Really, that was the first Godzilla film I saw. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was really? like, yeah, I was. I think I was like ten or eight when I saw that. You know, but uh, oh. bearing in mind as well, this was like the uh, um, the. Classic first classic media DVD release, which uh, cut out a lot of the violence in it. Yes. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, which the later releases kept the the violence back in, I yeah. guess, as well as uh, uh, other assets that were cut. Oh. Oops. Um, but um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back, back to Mega One. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so. I would say, you know, like, it's a detriment, I guess, but it's also a benefit because um, a film like Megalon did keep Godzilla in the public consciousness, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know? know? Yeah. Just through the massive amounts of distribution, the fact that it was widely available by VHS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's another story in itself. You know, it's just like... it. The amount of VHS releases of Megalon is ridiculous, you know, like just because of the the the, the sheer misunderstanding that uh, they thought it was public domain, you know, even though it wasn't, just because the the American distributors forgot to put the proper copyright notice on the title yeah. screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Which is uh, what my background is tonight, uh, viewers. It's one of the many terrible VHS releases from Megalon. So, and you can see here, you know, you got Megalon in the background, like his hairy head, I guess. But um, yeah. But, and uh, uh, whilst I opted to not have it as my background, the VHS copy that I've got is the one set in New York. 
yes. Which is just, again, I don't know why that was the promotional art. My only guess is the US release of Megalon was probably around the same time as Kong 76, which features the Twin Towers. Okay, right, yes. So, um, what, Kong climbing the Empire State Building, Megalon and Godzilla fighting on the World Trade Center, kind of similar. Yeah, Um, in in Kong 76, Kong climbs the World Trade Center in that film. Does he? Is it the World Trade Center he climbs? Yeah, because it was the tallest building at the time. Which is what oh, the, the Jeff Emp- Bridges one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? which is what the Empire State Building was at the time in the thirties. Kong was the tallest building at the time. Mm. Yeah, did not know that. Thank you. Yes. Well, I mean, it's not worth kind of asking what everyone's rating is of this film because you all know that it's a K for killer from me. <laughs> uh, but just if we were curious, Paul, what would you give this movie? Oh, gee, I, I don't. Is it? It's all right. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, but perhaps because my perception was different to what, like rewatching it, it was different to what I thought it was that that threw me. Um, as Connor said, it it's probably introduced millions of people to Godzilla. Mm. It was yeah you know, shown so many times that every, everyone knows it. It's got some iconic scenes in, for better or worse. You know, it's it is what it is. It made Toho more money. We got to see more Godzilla. I, yeah. I can't say it's bad because what what it did for Godzilla films. It helped them make Terra Mecha Godzilla. It introduced us to Megalon, who should hopefully come back one day. And yeah, Jet Jaguar, just an odd. What a guy. Odd, what a guy. What, what he doesn't a do lad. the thumbs up in this one, does he? Is that he does. Um, in this one. Jet Jaguar does do the, the thumbs up. The it? thumbs up, right? Yeah, yeah. that's mm. another. Yeah, that's another great meme. Yeah, it's, um... yeah. Mm. yeah. I've yes. seen many. I've seen many gifs of that. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what film? And so, you've got like the award for the most annoying kid. Mm. Oh no! Watch the dub. The kids even more. Say, I think it's the dub that his voice just awful. Neil's on a chalkboard, but um... mm. <laughs> oh man. Well, so, if nothing else, um, yeah, go on. If, if if nothing else, just to round this episode off, Connor, what would you say? Um, if nothing else, go watch Godzilla vs. Megalon, because uh, to me at least, it's a comfort film. So if you just want just just a bizarre romp, you just want to watch just kaiju action, even if it makes no sense, just watch, Godzilla, just watch Godzilla vs. Megalon. Although... Fair warning, Godzilla's in the sea for the most part, and it's just swimming. Oh, so. Godzilla's yeah. not in this much at all. No, no. no. <laughs> I mean, um, you say this, I mean, like, if you said it's it's a comfort film, if Godzilla was a food, if Godzilla versus Megalon was a meal, what would it be, Connor? What would it be? It would be a pot noodle, I guess. It's like, you know it's bad, but at the same time... It's... What pot <laughs> noodle would it be? What flavour? Uh, chicken and mushroom. Chicken and mushroom. So basic. Basic. Very yeah. basic, yeah. <laughs> basic, plain, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, if nothing else, um, um, for Kong collectors, go buy the Kong uh, Edgar Wallace script, I guess. But uh, yeah. Uh, um, anyways, uh, Paul, if nothing else, <laughs> um, if nothing else, 
Uh, we haven't actually mentioned it on this episode, but this is releasing on the 10th of April, Monday the 10th, and Ooh. it will have been our fourth birthday on the 7th. So we 7th of April, it. 7th of April 2019 <laughs> is when we first released. So for anyone who's recently joined in the show, you know, go to Spotify perhaps and listen to episode one and see what that sounded like. See how far we've come. See how far we've come. Um, and also for coming up, so Friday the 14th is mm-hmm. Burt Gummer Day. So mm-hmm. everyone go watch a Tremors film of your choice. Just yeah. Tremors 1. So, <laughs> Connor, it's time you watch Tremors 2. <laughs> it, it will change your life. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a good recommendation. Um, I'd like to put out a recommendation to... The Museum of Classic Science Fiction, who um, the owner of that, Neil Cole, um, my dear friend and cousin, he um, was actually, he has been a guest on our show quite a while back. The reason why I mention him is because he has been doing really well. Um, He turned his um, cellar of his house into a classic science fiction museum. But some of the props that he's got, real live props from films, have been incredible. His most recent acquisition was um, from the film um, Event Horizon. He got the chair from Event Horizon, which I thought is like a, you know, as a curiosity piece is fascinating. He's got actual pieces from um, Alien or that film that I don't believe exists, Prometheus. Uh, I got <laughs> <laughs> loads of kind of um stuff kind of from you know like on the peripheral of our world but certainly to kind of to those of us who love creature features and practical you know horror it's it's worth a look that's museum of classic science fiction thank you connor and paul for indulging me as we've talked about megalon it's been you know very enjoyable for me <laughs> it's always a good uh time when we talk about megalon but, uh Anyways, folks, you've been listening to Kaiju Kai House episode 117. And as always, keep it Kaiju. <laughs> <laughs>